Welcome to All Things Pilates, Season 4. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice Contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we discuss the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. During season four, you learned about some of our Pilates history, how best to heal from a hip replacement, the emergence of new authors, and even advice and tips on how to run a successful studio. As 2022 comes to a close, I'd like to acknowledge all of my podcast guests and to say thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself. We must never forget our roots. Yeah, it's just through the articles that I've been finding and sharing in my Facebook page. It's quite evident from what Joe said that, you know, the mat work was the method and, and that was where the importance of his method was and that's what he wanted people to do. He, he said, you know, people don't have time to trot to a gym. What they should do is, is just exercise at home 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. So that's doing his mat work exercises. And obviously 10 minutes is not enough to go through the whole 34 sequence. So I'm not quite sure what he's implying from that, whether you just do 10 minutes of any of the exercises in any order, just start with the beginning, do 10 minutes worth, pick up where you left off in the evening to do 10 minutes more, and then the next day carrying on, working through the sequence, or just doing little bits, what you feel like, when you feel like, but at the start, I mean, all it was ever going to be was a little exhibition in a school, in an old school. We then launched with the website. We actually launched the website 100 years to the day to when the first internee moved into Nikalo Camp. So that was on the um, 17th of November, 1914. We launched exactly 100 years later with the website. And we launched our Facebook page as well. And we had absolutely no idea that we were going to have engagement from all over the world about the project that we that we'd started. So yeah, it's been it's been incredible actually. It's been absolutely incredible the interest in all of this. When they first made the apparatus for the department store, Henry Bendel, Donald told me that he was doing this. I didn't understand what Pilates was. I really didn't care. I only cared that he was doing it for the department store, which Ben Dell's was a very fancy department store. And I said, why don't you get paid and close for me? <laughs> well, that didn't happen. And I really didn't get interested in it at that time. But at one point when he was making the apparatus for Romana and Romana had her studio, he insisted that I go with him one day. We were on our way somewhere just so I could meet Romana and see the studio. And I met her, she was absolutely charming. I saw all these strange looking bodies 
exercising on this equipment that I had no knowledge of. And that was it until I had my car accident. Healing isn't linear. Suffering overstays, and our belief in returning to full health is ongoing. Ironically, like my mammogram had been scheduled like in April of 2020, was canceled. And it was like July, you know, 1st of 2020. And I woke up in the morning, I was stretching my arms, you know, like, like people doing a cartoon, stretching my arms in the morning. And I just, I had this feeling of like, when your milk comes in, when you're breastfeeding, like I had the this feeling of the milk coming in when I breastfed my kids. And I was like, that's really weird. My kids are like 16, 16 and 14. You had that sensation when you were stretching your arm. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's weird. This, my boob feels like it's filling with milk. And I went and touched, and I just instinct, you know, instinctively just touched my breast. And I was like, uh, uh, what's that? When did your hip problems begin? I was thinking about that. There must have been about 2002 when I was pregnant with my third. And so I wondered if it had anything to do with carrying the extra load. But it turned out, it was, actually had been misdiagnosed for years where it was initially uh, thought to be strain of the iliopsoas, and then it was diagnosed as tightness of the IT band. And, you know, and I knew back then that, that it had to be something more than that because the extreme tightness in the hip joint was not normal. And it turned out to be a vascular necrosis, which is a blood supply not getting to the bone or not enough blood supply. So essentially the my femur head was falling apart because it was not getting enough blood supply. Yes, and I think that's one of the greatest things that I've learned is you have to this goes for this goes for for doctors too and for physical therapists. You have to if you hurt yourself, you have to go get yourself an education. When you come up to speed on your injury or what your body is like, you can get better results from the doctor when you are both on the same page. Uh, you stimulate, when you have a certain amount of knowledge about your injury, you stimulate the doctor to think harder. Not that you'll ever be on his level with a, a six-year degree. Yeah, but but you need to get you need to learn yourself about your injury. That I did not start to improve until I went and got my own education. Uniquely connected to Joe. He never explained anything. He just did he, you know, did it or told me what to do and what have you. But my back was straightened. I no longer had a curved back. You know, I thank God for him every day of my life. And his his studio his, was quite large. It was filled with equipment, but nicely spaced. And there were other things, uh, other, there he had either four or five reformers, I can't remember exactly now. And then of course the Cadillac, which took up a, a lot of space. And you know, before I was out of that first session, I was home. I was meant to take the inner journey, not the outer journey. And I went as far and deep as my psyche needed to go. And then what came out was 
helping people to know how to deal with their unconscious. And I didn't mean to teach Pilates. I was 16 years into Pilates myself, and I was with Ramona at that time. And my, my had started my analytical clients five years already. I was up in Northampton, and they were lovely young people coming in. And I had some machines. I had a, a Cadillac, a reformer, a big barrel, and and they walked by this when they went to the bathroom. And they did this for long enough that it was like a windstorm. Will you show us what you do on this stuff? I never thought of teaching Pilates. I went to Ramana and I said, Ramana, what should I do? They want me to show them. And then I've been doing it 16 years. They realized that at that point, you were required literally to have done it 10 years for yourself. Reflections of Joe's Disciples. And I went through that program very, very fast. And I went to, so that was in June of uh, 2000 that I did the 12 day intensive. And by October 2000, I was in New York City, uh, staying with Daria, uh, introducing myself to Romana, uh, letting her know that I was ready to take my advanced exam after having Juanita Lopez come to Fort Myers to test me out on my basic and Romana's daughter Shari tested me on my intermediate. And when I got to New York, Romana said, how is it possible that you could be testing for your advanced exam? And I have never seen you before because this was very new. And I really had to prove myself. And they gave me, I, I remember Daria saying that you're getting like the toughest, pickiest, clients there because she was really pushing Let everyone me. know who Daria is, those who do not. Yes, Daria is Romana's granddaughter. So after Joseph Pilates passed away, Romana, who was one of Joseph Pilates' students and protégés, she continued the business alongside Clara Pilates. I met Ron in 1995 because he came to Denver. And somebody said, Ron Fletcher's coming to Denver to Barbara Hutner. Barbara used to have, she had one of the first studios in Denver. And I believe she's she's probably retired. God bless her, uh, because she brought, she would bring Ron. So I heard he was coming and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get slapped again. Ah, can I put up with this? Because we're all sensitive. We all want to do well. We have to remember that about our clients too. Absolutely. So I thought, okay, I will take a chance. I will go up there. I walk in the room and as a dancer, you always, you never would put yourself in the front line, not maybe even in the second line, but respectfully in the third where you get a good view because you need to learn the teacher's work. Well, that's what it was, you know, Darren. It was the beginning of a very long relationship with Kathy and I, a relationship that started as a teacher-student and then more as a mentor-mentee and then evolved into a very deep friendship. And that was over, you know, uh, probably a period of, of close to 20 years. You know, there's no doubt that because of that, my uh, feelings for the Wonder Chair were so deep. And Kathy and I spoke many times 
about how do we make this piece of equipment more known? Uh, me on the West Coast, her on the East Coast. Uh, in 1996, I believe it was, I gave a workshop in the UK, in London, on the Wonder Chair. And people were just fascinated by this piece of equipment. They had studied Pilates for so long, but didn't know that this piece existed. The Written Word educates and deepens our understanding. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure you had a big, a huge need for fresh air, for light, for the sun and, and, and for health in, in general. And I think he had, there were, there were two passions that kept him alive. And one, one of these passions I really connected to a lot during the last um, couple of years, that was nature. He, he loved spending time in nature, in the forest. I mean, later when he had his weekend home near Jacob's Pillow in, in the Berkshire Mountains, he needed that. He, he really needed to, to be somewhere um, among trees and <laughs> animals and out of the city. So I think that that was one thing. And and he he even in his childhood, he went to the forest a lot and just to have time and also space to himself and yeah to get out of out of the crowded room this field of study is an extension of all my training i became fascinated with spinal pathologies very early on both due to my grandmother's diagnosis of osteoporosis in her 70s and seeing her suffer from the effects of they just didn't really know what to do back in the uh, 1970s for someone who had osteoporosis. They knew exercise, but not enough. And in my 40s, I developed degenerative disc disease and degenerative joint disease in my spine due to a lifetime of being overweight and having poor posture. So I have a very personal interest. I've been fascinated with how we can move and how we can move safely and well and without pain to help heal and retain and reinvent our quality of life through movement. Our cells fuel us to think, to feel, and to be. There is not a neuro field of study, and I often work with and read a lot of neuroscience. So some of this is just like when I get in with a client and there's something that I don't understand or don't know, then I kind of hit the journals of neuroscience to figure out what the mechanism is, specifically like with Parkinson's. Um, so really understanding that traumatic brain injury and Parkinson's, though, it actually any challenge in the brain, it may have a category like TBI, stroke, um, Parkinson's, but every single person is unique in the way that that manifests. So there are some things that you can look to um, that allow you to say, okay, I know that this sort of as a broad category um, is an issue and a challenge, and we can use these ways of engaging to do some rehabilitation or repatterning. I like to say re-education, but everybody is different. So it's really just a one-on-one -on -one, um, that I can find 
different ways if something doesn't work and just try something else, which is a part of our training, I think, as Pilates instructors, that we are with the body and in that moment. I think in, in my first experience on the Pilates reformer in the basement in the medical records area of St. Francis Memorial Hospital, um, not a lot of vitamin D in that room, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, uh, my experience on that first day was that I was just so elated to discover uh, something that felt like a jungle gym for adults where my uh, ballet and uh, experiences my modern dance experiences had a had a home and in a in a whole building that you know on on the best of days was dedicated to healing just like a moth to a flame I stayed with it for my own well-being, and Patrice Whiteside, the director of dance medicine, invited me to join her as the second instructor, and so that's how we got to here. Leaders lead, they inspire hope, and change is real. Well, we have a bunch of questions to answer to, to figure this out. The first analysis we have to decide is, is well if you had a some kind of an agreement with that person what did it say was there a contractual promise of confidentiality it's a one-on-one -on -one, uh coaching session so uh, uh you could argue that that is inherently sort of a confidential private thing and that she shouldn't you know it's just bad faith on her part to have done that but if we get into the intellectual property question we have to ask well is do you own something that can be protected um, in order to have a copyright, you have to create something that's original and it has to be fixed in some tangible form. So if you, assuming that your selection of, um, of parts of the workout routines and, and components of things are, are original, that that selection itself and the choices you've made about what to do next are original and you've written it down made some notes or some kind of notation then maybe yes it's it's entitled to copyright protection and therefore her recording of it and publishing of it would be a violation of your rights as a copyright owner and so depending upon what kind of area i'm in that will dictate what kind of studio i'm going to open that will dictate what kind of fees I have, I can I can charge rather. So it may be that you need to think about being in a studio that does more mat work because you can charge twelve or fifteen dollars an hour, uh, rather a lesson. Or you may need to compete against yoga studios that can charge one hundred twenty nine dollars a month for all the lessons that you can get. And it's not a matter of what's better or what's worse. Again what is practical think practically because it's easy to just say i know pilates is so much better for you so much better for your body so much better for your mind than any other form of exercise that you can do i mean that's great but if you're not thinking about i live in an area where people can't afford to pay 50 or 75 or 100 dollars an hour to be able to get those services from me then you need to be practical and understand that and think about that and understand how do i harness the people in my area to be able to get them into the studio and build a studio it has been a long it has been a goal since my taking over that we 
help direct the messaging for around diversity, around PMA, around Pilates, around structure, because the organization really needed some internal structure. So part of that was getting the message out. I think that there was by admission of many people who were involved previously in the organization, uh, both outsiders and insiders, there was a lack of transparency. So my goal was to just be simply that, be transparent in what we're doing, why we're doing it, what the outcomes hope to be, and just really look at taking the organization to beyond what any one person or one group's thoughts that the organization should be and becoming, um, approaching it with a lot of objectivity versus um, sort of siloed and insular thinking. All Things Pilates is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. Theme music, Soul Blues Piano Shuffle by Boom Zoom. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful. Allison Jones, thank you so much. Thank you, Roberta. Thank you. Jennifer, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time today, Nancy. JV, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your time today, Mary. Christina, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Thank you, Rael. Eva, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time today, Gwen. Once again, it is Professor Mayor Colbreth. Thank you so much for your time today, Elizabeth. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, George. Thank you so much for your time today. All right, Carla. Carla Harris, Executive Director of the PMA. Thank you so much for your time. As many of you may know, I contracted COVID-19 November 2020. There wasn't much information back then, and I was told to stay home and get well on my own. In fact, one doctor said, you just have to write it out. Well, that advice didn't work, and I ended up with what's known as long COVID, precisely because none of my doctors knew how to help me. But then the following November arrived, and I still wasn't recovered. I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I was still experiencing so many COVID-related symptoms. Luckily, during this time, I found an online support group led by Dr. Noah Greenspan of the Pulmonary Wellness Foundation. This support group has been meeting over two and a half years. And through this experience, I've met some wonderful people all at different stages of recovery. As I slowly started back with my own Pilates practice and was feeling better, I offered to meet some in my group who wanted to learn how and what assisted me in my healing. These online classes helped to shape Pilates for Long COVID. It's a six-week program and begins in January 2023. You may know someone in your life who hasn't gotten over this virus or just doesn't feel right yet. If so, this class might be a great addition to your person's recovery phase. For more details, please visit my website, dariangold.com. And last but not least, 
This podcast would not be complete without you, all of you who take time out of your busy lives to tune into my show. For this coming year, let's focus on our health and fitness goals, and may we continue to appreciate and embrace the brilliant teachings of Joseph Pilates. And if you didn't get to accomplish all of your goals you set for yourself this past year, another opportunity is right around the corner. See you in 2023 for a new season of All Things Pilates.